0: Hello and welcome to Eve Talk. I am your host Chris DuFour. This is a podcast for and about the Williams College student athlete. Tonight we are fortunate to be joined by five current Williams student athletes. We have senior Nima Zorabian. Hi. We have junior Azaria Vargas. Chris Chris Avila is
1: here. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Olivia Gomez and Kelsey Hal. Uh, now, before I continue, I just want to say Chris is with uh, men's cross country and women's tr- uh, <laughs> men's cross country and men's track and field. Olivia is with women's lacrosse. Uh, Azaria, you may have known if you listen to the program, is with softball. Nima is with football, and Kelsey is women's track and field. Do you do you cross country or are you track and field solely?
2: Just track and field. I don't run. That's. I know
0: you as a pole vaulter, not (laughs) a runner. So I just want to make sure I didn't leave anything out. All right, we're here to talk about this great initiative that SAC has uh, has put forth uh, for this semester, or maybe even a little bit before. It's called Thirty Two for Thirty Two, and it has every single varsity team involved in it. And Nima, I'm going to let you uh, kind of explain to the audience here how this uh, got going and what it entails. What are the specifics? Yeah,
3: for sure, Chris. I'm happy to answer. Um, so it started in actually December of 2020 that Lisa Melendi, Carolyn Miles, and a couple other leaders in the faculty, Paula Consolini over at uh, CLEA, who is unbelievable. Sure. Yeah. They brought up MLK Day of Service, which Obama a couple years ago, a few years ago at this point, said Martin Luther King Day is not just his day but it's a day of service right so lisa melody and carolyn uh carolyn miles they challenged us to think of a way to do something bigger do something like kind of kind of big kind of great and carolyn actually teased the idea of a 32 for 32 challenge where every athletic team participated in a service project that had this was something that actually was founded three years ago when i was a freshman i think And it hadn't been done in a couple of years. And she brought up that idea. And Azari and I were so excited to do it because, I mean, it's COVID. It's hard. It's hard to organize service projects. But we figured, like, what's a challenge to us? Worst comes to worst, we organized one beautiful service project that helps the community. So we just went for that. We went for the 32 for 32. And who knows? We're still not 100% at 32. But we're getting pretty close. And it's pretty awesome to – um. Start there. So we're excited, and it's been a four months now. And that now that I look at my calendar in the bottom right, it's been pretty awesome and it's been great.
0: Now, Zarya, how did you get uh teams involved? How I mean I know you, you haven't reached 32 for 32, but like uh Nima said, you're very close. How did you guys go about recruiting leaders uh from each team and and get were, were they to come up with your own ideas, or did you guys help them come up with ideas? Take me through that process.
4: Yeah, so what's so appealing, first of all, actually, thank you so much for having all of us. We're really excited to be here.
0: Um, thrilled to have you guys.
4: Um, And what's so appealing about the 32 for 32 is not only does it allow for a great deal of service projects, more community service is always better, um, but it allows each team to do their own personal project and something that's meaningful to them. Um, So Nima and I reached out to all the captains and said, and also all of our SAC reps and said, hey, we need you to share this with your teams. Um, We want to do the 32 for 32 challenge come up with an idea within like a week or so, and let us know a general idea of what you have, and then give us a point person for that idea. So necessarily the people leading each project on each team is not always the captain of the SAC rep. I know that's not the case on my team. Sure. Um, So it allowed each team to really do something that means a lot to them or a specific part of the community that they want to help. Some teams immediately had something, they were like, this means a lot to us, we're doing this idea, other teams, reached out and were like, hey, we couldn't think of something right away. And we'd really like your help with some ideas. We know you've done some great projects in the past. Um, so it's been a balance of like some teams very independent. We're like, we don't really need any help with this. We got it under control. Other teams wanted to reach out and know about some of the resources that we have to help them.
0: Now, are these projects that are, are ongoing already, Nima? Or are these are some ongoing and some are about to start? Or where are we in the process of the service projects?
3: Yeah, so it's kind of a mix. I mean, no projects were started before mid-January. So some of them, I mean, they're waiting for kind of the leaves to start growing back so they can um, help out with spring cleaning in the Berkshire community. And some of them are shipping off books and helping out kind of in their local community. So it's, it really is a mix. And it's been amazing to see how these student athlete leaders have figured out how to serve either the community at home, the Berkshire community. Really, I mean, community is just like a vague term for us at this point. So really just anywhere. They're just trying to help people, and it's it's really been a mix of um, starting previously or starting right now or starting the in the slight future before the semester ends.
0: What are what are the uh, I guess what are the goals of the initiative? What what do you guys hope to accomplish? I know obviously the easy answer is service the community and, and help people, but what also I think the people like you guys that are on a program you are also getting from something like that and 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 getting something from it and so are your teammates uh on these teams so let's talk about that part of it like um chris for instance what what did you feel like you're getting out of the experience and 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 what what kind of role have you played in getting your project up and running and also what is the project that you guys are doing
1: Oh man, that was, that was like a four or five parter. So, so it was a flurry.
0: I think that was a three-parter, but yeah, it was a flurry of questions right there. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Wow. Eve, Eve, Eve talk is no joke. So, so thanks for having me on. <laughs> um, and, and thanks, uh, thanks to Nima uh, and Azaria for leading the charge on this project. Um, so I got the email about this, I think, I think about a week before MLK day from, from Nima, who, who, who was an entry mate of mine in Willie C. All right. Um, Willie. Uh, shout out for Willie C. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Nima's is somebody who I've always had a lot of respect for, but um, haven't gotten to work with on anything. Um, and I was really excited to get this email from him. Um, community service and public service is something that really matters a lot to me. Um, I took the fall off to work on the Biden campaign because I found our our country and our community at a crossroads. And I felt like I, I needed to step up and do my part um, to, to uh, elect a president and a Congress that um, I thought we're going to take the uh, challenges that we see seriously. Um, and so this is longstanding, uh, long-standing passion of mine, public service and community service, um, and always great to uh, integrate that into Williams Athletics and to collaborate with other groups that are already doing a lot of work, uh, a lot of good work. Um, a big goal of mine in in public and community service is to not be reinventing the wheel. I want to be partnering with, with organizations that are already doing the work. Um, and that's been... Um, kind of the mo of uh, the cross country and track projects which so our four teams are sort of all under the umbrella of one program so men's and women's cross country and track that's technically four division three ncaa teams but we're all sort of in one in one uh, program umbrella Um, so we wanted to all work together on a couple projects Um, And so I'm leading one, and Kelsey, who I'm about to hand this off to, is leading the other. Um, And the one that I'm leading, we haven't gotten to start with yet, just because we're waiting for the college's um, COVID rules to change into phase two, where students are allowed to leave campus and use transportation, uh, because I am leading a group to do a lot of um, work in Hopkins Forest. We don't know exactly what we're going to be doing, you know, trail maintenance, probably some outdoor education, um hopefully some chainsaws that would be great Um, uh, love, love using a good chainsaw do you have uh, experience okay.
0: with a chainsaw chris uh
1: you know not a lot but like okay. I've used one before um <laughs> i most recently lived in a city but before that we lived on a couple acres so my dad did teach me how to use one um and and so yeah hoping to do some forest maintenance and i know that the the cross-country kids are really excited about Working in Hopkins Forest because we love to run in there. We want those trails to be in good shape because we really enjoy them. And that's a place that we um, really, really treasure on campus and we want to be stewards of that. Um, but I know a lot of the speed and power <laughs> kids want to do that too because they like chainsaws and, and also moving things and throwing things. So, so, so they'll be uh, hugely helpful on that front. So, so that's one of the projects that the uh, men's and women's uh, cross country and track teams are working on. And I'll kick it over to uh, Kelsey, my co captain and co lead on this. Uh, to talk about our other one.
0: Yeah. All right, Kelsey, jump on in and, and talk us yeah. about the, the other project that you're involved with, with Chris.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would like to say that Speed Power, we we do care more about than just chainsaws. We also love the forest too, just wanted to throw <laughs> that out there. But now the other project that I'm spearheading, we wanted to start it, I suppose, earlier, because like, as you said, like for Hopkins Forest, we're waiting for the weather to turn. And for this project, we want it, for the other project, we did want to start it basically immediately, which is really exciting. So this for the project that I was spearheading, I really wanted to take advantage of the fact that the track team and the cross country team is huge. We have, it's like over a hundred people on this team. So I wanted to do something where we could really bring in a lot of people's different backgrounds and just take advantage of our huge numbers. So the track team is also going to be, sorry, this project is going to be creating a virtual children's library. Oh, wow. yeah, I'm really excited about it. Back when I was in sixth grade I remember like the best day was when all the sixth graders brought in their favorite childhood book and we went downstairs to the kindergartners and we read our favorite books and it was just it was super fun because you brought back some childhood memories you got to see what books other kids liked like what your classmates liked and you got to share it with students who are like seven years younger than you and it was a huge deal. And that's something that I would have really liked to do again, just go to local libraries and read to students. But of course, with COVID, that wasn't exactly an option. But in all honesty, I think the fact that we can now do this virtually actually allows us to reach a lot more people, a lot more students. Um, I'm really... So I guess I'm rambling a little bit, but I'm just super excited about this project. Basically, starting in January, we reached out to the whole track team and asked everyone to just scan their favorite books when they were kids. Like scour your bookshelves, find your I don't know Shel Silverstein books, find your Dr. Seuss books, and scan them, and then read them on video. So then we can. So then we've now started reading those books on video, and we are going to be sending them via Clea thank you Clea for helping us out with this (laughs) you're going to be sending these books out to a bunch of local schools in the Berkshire community and really excited because you can not it's a pretty unique opportunity to share books that were important to us like I guess 15 years ago now to a younger generation who may not be as familiar with certain books that we we found to be really special so that's that's amazing yeah
0: what's uh how many, I mean, it's just really a great idea. What, what, um, how many different people have you had reading books so far? I mean, I, if you combine women's cross country and track and field and men's cross country, and men's track and field, that's, that's a good amount of student athletes. I mean, where do you, what are you up to as far as people reading so far?
2: So I think like complete books that we've read, we're up to about 30 books because some people, you know, they want to scan in their books and some people are a little bit more nervous about reading on video. So they're like, oh, I have my book. Can someone else read it for me? Or some groups like entire event groups will come together and read one book. So all of the pole vaulters came together and read one book where every group, every person was like a different character, a different voice. So... We're currently at about 30 books, but it's like been a culminate, those 30 have been a culmination of a lot more people and people are still planning on reading more books and scanning more in. So hopefully that number will grow a lot.
0: That's really exciting. I think the, the school children of uh, Berkshire County are really fortunate that you're, you guys are doing that project. Uh, I know my daughter will be thrilled. I can't wait to tell her. Uh, she loves uh, to read, but she loves to listen to people read too. So that's, that's a really neat idea. And I like how those, your, your two programs, Chris and Kelsey, uh, you know, they're so, the, the two projects are so different and you're helping uh, different, different kind of people and different parts of the community with each of those projects, which is really a great idea. Was that kind of your intention to begin with or was that just the way it worked out?
2: Do you want to take this one, Chris? Or should I?
1: Well, I mean, I think that's just just the way that it worked out. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Nima, Nima just sent me the email, I think, and then I sent, sent a message out to our team group me and said, um, if anyone has an idea, uh, let's uh, just get in touch, and, and Kelsey <laughs> had this idea ready to go, um, and, and I, I had the idea of Hopkins Forest. I had uh, volunteered there a couple times, um, and there's actually a long tradition of, of uh, cross-country team members helping out at, at, at Hopkins Forest, um, right. you know, volunteers, but also caretakers full-time in the summer and stuff. Uh, so I really wanted to do that project and Kelsey had this one uh, ready to go right off the dome. So um, no need. And I saw absolutely no need to uh, turn anyone's idea for a cool service project down. Uh, so we just incorporated them all uh, and shared them, shared them out with our whole team. because between, So between these four teams, I mean, there's like
2: so many 150,
1: members. 160 right. <laughs> people. It's, it's a massive number. Yes. Uh, so, so we just wanted to have multiple options uh, to get as many people involved. Um, as much as they want to be.
0: How, uh, how did the coaches react when you mentioned the word chainsaw? So I, I don't
1: know. I, I don't think that we've gone over that yet. All right. All right. Because I, I, I didn't want to be the breaking
0: news uh, here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Bre- breaking news. Uh, chainsaws will be involved. Tracking <laughs> cross countries, playing with chainsaws in Hopkins Forest. You can do well, that today.
0: All right, Olivia you are the one person who hasn't chimed in yet. Let's get you in here. What is uh, women's lacrosse up to? How did you, how did you get involved in the project? And, uh, and what made you, what, what kind of brought you to want to be a leader uh, of this project for your, your program?
5: Uh, so Nima reached out to me and our two other captains, Claire and Sophia, um, to get us just to start thinking about what a project could look like for our team. And we brought it up with the rest of the seniors on our team and floated around many ideas and actually ended up settling on something pretty similar to Kelsey's initiative. So it was interesting to learn more about that because we're doing a book drive as well. Um, And so we'll be, we spoke with someone from CLIA also who told us that we could organize books for elementary and middle school kids in North Adams. Um, And we were thinking too, with spring cleaning and with kids home over break that a lot of our teammates would have an opportunity to go through old books and to bring those back to campus. And so the next step for us was to just encourage all of our teammates to go through books that they have that they would like to get rid of and that they would like to donate, um, as well as ordering books if they wanted to also. And so now we have piles of books in different apartments on campus that we now (laughs) need to organize um, based on age group. And then we'll be back in touch with the um, woman from CLIA to figure out how we can get those to North Adams.
0: Oh, uh, it's very exciting! So you're going to distribute those to different schools.
5: I'm pretty sure they're just going to North Adams public schools, but I'm not entirely sure. That was more um, the Clear Person's idea.
0: Yeah, but I but I think there are a few a few different then, schools in North Adams, so you probably hit all of them. I, I yeah. imagine. Yeah. No, that's very that's exciting. the
5: hope, and we have a ton of books. So. Oh,
0: that's great! That's yeah. great that everyone was able to find so many.
5: Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I just picked a few like favorites off my shelf and they add up quickly. I mean, we have a team of um, just under 30 girls and so we have a lot to work with.
0: Yeah, that's uh, you probably get over 100 books that way. Yeah, at least. one.
5: Yeah. One of our teammates showed up with like four, like almost duffel sized bags of books. I I think she was like really active in spring cleaning when she was at home, um, Uh, probably out of boredom as well. And so that was really nice, too.
0: And Nima, I know you and Azaria have kind of been spearheading the or the organization of all this for the for the entire group. But what is football doing? What are you guys involved with? What What are your plans uh, for this project?
3: Yeah, footballs hasn't come to full fruition yet, but we're actually going to film some. Um some drills and athletic work for the special Olympics. We've had the young athletes program for a few years, actually, which has been unbelievable. I mean, we get special Olympics athletes on our campus and we get to teach them how to drills, how to do certain athletic movements, but that's obviously not possible because of COVID-19. So we're going to film movements, athletic movements, strengthening movements for them. Um, We have a pretty big call next week, actually, which is exciting. And we really want to make this young athletes program last for 10 to 20 years at least to be honest set it
0: up for the future uh, that's that's always our role yeah
3: sure i mean it would be great to we're gonna get all athletes on board very soon but again this is kind of a test run to see how we can do better how we can do more how we can produce for more than we want to so this is kind of the first step and that's kind of the plan football is very excited we've kind of been training them a little bit on how to do better for them, which is kind of funny because they're college athletes and you right. think they have perfect squat for them, but they don't. So we're doing our best.
0: Who's doing the training in that regard?
3: We have Coach Livingston on it. I mean, the football coaches are like Coach Blue and Coach Ray yeah, or Coach mean Coach Miggs, Coach Simmons. They're all unbelievable. They yeah. know exactly what they're doing. Um, so they're just kind of coaching guys up a little bit more during their lifts, which is awesome.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, special Olympics is such a special program too. I mean, that's—I uh, know the NCA is really close uh, to them. And uh, Zara, you might remember. I think there were some Special Olympians. Was there Special Olympians at softball when you guys went to
4: Texas? There were not this year. There I know were, in other years there were, but yeah, they've I'm been there. Reissuing our Special Olympics like memberships, member uh, school membership this this week. So it's been on my mind a lot, like what we can do with Special Olympics.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's such a great tie in with uh, with Williams Athletics and and the NCAA, because I know that women's soccer national championships, they've also had a tie in there where they bring special Olympians in and whatnot. Uh, I think they try to do it at most of them. So, Zari, what is softball up to? I'm excited to hear about what your plans are. What's the program doing for the community?
4: Yeah, so um, one of my teammates, Maya Hartman, she did some really amazing legal work this past January.
0: Yeah, we've Um, had her on a program. She talked about that. It was amazing.
4: Yeah, it was with um, Women Seeking Asylum who've experienced gender-based violence. Mm -hmm. And she worked with a Williams alum, Dr. Jennifer McQuaid, who's a psychologist who does psych evals for asylum seekers and explains to the judges how their trauma impacts their ability to tell their stories and to advocate for themselves. Um, so especially as that's something that's like obviously very personal to one of our teammates um, and she's done some really amazing work with it. We were like, let's do a fundraiser for a group like this. Um, so we not only had we had Dr. Jennifer McQuaid come in and do a little session with our team to teach us more about asylum seekers and like how gender based violence works in there. Sure. Um, to educate ourselves about what we're actually doing the work for. And then we decided on Sanctuary for Families, which works out of the New York City area. And they provide numerous services for survivors of domestic violence, sex trafficking, female genital mutilation, and related forms of gender violence. And they have a lot of really great programs. Um, so we're looking at some different fundraising events. We have a fundraising committee, actually, within our team. Um, we had a meeting last week about it. and oh, we've come up with some, I think we've come up with some good ideas. Um, one is a story time with some of our alums. Okay. Another- Softball
0: alums or just uh, Williams alums in, in general or?
4: So we're reaching out first to softball alums, but we might see what other alums we could get on board and like having those sessions um, with them, and then like recommended donations for people who want to hop on. Um, and then we also we had an idea for like almost like a combine um, of the softball team and like a home run derby and all of these things that we would stream and then have people like I mean people are just itching to see sports at this point. Um, like I know oh, we're in the doubt. seasons, but people are just really excited about it. So having that streamed and then people watch it and like talking about what we're raising the money for on it. And like, again, recommended donations.
0: Well, that's a great idea to stream a home run derby and talk about uh, how would you raise money? I mean, would people be able to like uh, for every home run hit, put a dollar down or something? Is that the general idea? Something like that?
4: Yeah. We're, we're workshopping some of the ideas for that. Yeah. That it might be like you sponsor a player and however many they hit that works or just, we might also just have our Venmo open and like people can donate however much they want.
0: Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there would be people you just want to make general donations <laughs> in that regard. Chris, I saw you. Did you have one, something you wanted to say? It looked like you wanted to jump in there for a minute.
1: Yeah, no, no, I did. i um, sorry. This this project sounds incredible. I hadn't heard about this yet. Uh, and it sounds sounds like really important work. Um, and I love your idea of a story time type event. Um, I'm on the board of story time and have been since my uh, freshman year it is near and dear to my heart. Um, And has been a huge part of my uh, experience at Williams and just very brief aside for anybody listening who doesn't know what story time is it's a community building event through storytelling of many forms that's been going on on campus since 2004 Um, and and you know totally totally student run uh, has taken you know many many forms and shapes over the years and especially during COVID. Uh, but we're always eager to collaborate with other student groups. I don't, I don't think we've ever collaborated with the sports team before. We have had a few fundraiser type events before So we should talk offline about this. This It's really exciting. Um, Yeah,
4: absolutely. That's kind of amazing. We just made that connection right now.
1: Right, right, right right here, right here on the podcast. That's uh, that's that's right. Eve talk bringing bringing people together. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Chris,
0: I'm interested in what you said about uh, the different forms because some people might might just gloss over that. What type of different forms are there in story in that you guys use in story time?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so what I was just referring to there was, was different forms that we, that story time and storytelling has taken during COVID, yeah. i.e. a lot of stuff on Zoom, so, um, sure. which is <laughs> not that exciting and not that original, of course. Uh, for a while, we had a podcast going, but respect, because podcasts are hard to do and hard to keep going with, with, uh, with uh, you know, routine. I think we did four or five episodes and then dropped the ball. Uh, and, and haven't picked it back up. Um, but we're really excited with, with the weather turning, good vaccine news coming, um, and we're, we're slowly weaning off of Zoom. Uh, today, we, we tabled in front of Presky, uh, you know, wearing masks and everything, but passing out cookies that we bought from A-Frame Bakery, uh, getting uh, students to just stop by and uh, nominate people to, to tell a story uh, to the community. Um, and yeah, just getting getting the word out about how storytelling is really important part of the Williams community um, and has been for a while.
0: What kind of stories do you find people sharing? I mean, I imagine there's all kinds of different stories, but are there any that are prevalent, or is there a form that takes precedence? Or I, I mean, I'm just really interested in, in yeah. this kind of storytelling idea, and especially since Softball's thinking about doing this as one of their projects of or part of their project.
1: Yeah. So storytelling is something that, that we see in all of our lives, right? We see it on social media. We see it on TV. We do it informally to build connections with other people. Um, but I think what is really special and unique about story time at Williams is that it's, it's a routinized thing, um, that has a board that helps organize it, um, every week and and has been doing that for, at this point, almost two decades. Um, and so the, the, content of the stories, the format uh, varies a lot. Um, the sort of traditional form of the story time is to gather um, in upstairs Preski at 9pm on Sunday evenings, and one storyteller, one com- community member, oftentimes a student, uh, we've had many uh, faculty and staff members as well, um, share just a story of their choosing uh, from their life, um, there have been a few fictional stories, but most of them are just true life stories. <laughs> um, you know, generally 20 to 40 minutes. Um, a story, you know, 20 to 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, it, it, it requires preparation uh, yes. and, 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 and the, the storyboard uh, provides that preparation. Um, and then we also do uh, an event type called a super story time, which is more like an hour long with like three to six storytellers kind of chopping up that time. Um, you know, some, some light Q&A in there as well. Uh, but more so focused on on the uh, um, you know the the way that the storyteller or storytellers decide to uh, deliver and frame their story. And you think and most of these
0: are life stories, life experiences. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. yeah. So there's there's no general theme for that kind of traditional storyteller model. Um, generally, super story times are around a theme. Um, every year at Valentine's Day, we do a love super story time. Um, you know, romantic, platonic, what have you. Um, and in the past two or three years, we've done a lot of collaborative, um, super story times, as I was mentioning before. And I hope that we have one with, with softball later this spring, uh, to raise money for their great cause. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of the gist. Very good.
0: Nima, I want to, I want to get back to you real quick. Not real quick. We can take as long as we need, uh, how important when Lisa and Lisa, you mentioned Lisa, she's the director of athletics and Carolyn, who is, uh, a senior athletic Administered administrator, uh, when they brought this to you, what what were some of their hopes when they when they first brought it to you and when you guys started this? Uh, what did they mention to you? And how did not that they had to sell it to you, but what was their talking points with you guys?
3: I think their goal aligns much with what we've done, and that is to get one team to engage in a meaningful project. Sure. Our goal actually, surprisingly, has not been to get 32 teams to complete 32 projects. It's been to get one to three teams to complete a project that will contribute so much to the community. I've been more, more than impressed with how Williams leaders and athletics have contributed to maybe 30 or 31 or 32 meaningful projects. Their goal was to kind of gather the community in times that are not normal, not easy, and to get those teams together and have them band to contribute something meaningful to their community in the Berkshires, which is more than important to their ones at home, to their families. And they, have you know, honestly, Chris, like it's only March right now, but they've done it. And I've been surprised and impressed to say the least.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's amazing the the scope of the project to, if you can get even if you can get, 10 teams that would be incredible but to to get close to 30 would be amazing uh I want to ask you guys uh and Olivia you can you can start with this is what is you know coming to Williamstown when you're not from Williamstown and of course I live here and I've been in this area for oh gosh 25 years now so it's my home but when you come here and go to college here how, do, you know, how important is it to you as a student and a student athlete at Williams to make a connection with the community? And what does that mean to you?
5: I mean, I think it's incredibly important, especially this year because we are so integrated into Williamstown and the surrounding area. Um, and I think it's become like a second home for so many of us here. And especially being able to be on campus during the pandemic. Um, I think I'm just really grateful for the opportunity for things like this, that can just show how much we care about the place.
0: Yeah, I think that's such a great uh, storyline of this project is that you know you guys have all become uh, part of our community. You know, just coming from all different parts of the country, and uh, you know that's not necessarily easy to do. I guess Williams, Williamstown is small, and Berkshire County is smaller, so it might be a little easier here. Uh, but I didn't I don't remember sharing that that much experience uh, at my colleges uh, you know when I where I went. So I think it's fantastic that you guys have all jumped in on this. Uh, Azaria, as far as I don't know if we can even tackle this, but as far as you guys comprising the athletic department at Williams in a way, how important do you think it is for not just Williams student athletes but Williams, students as a whole to kind of do these projects mean so much I think to the people you bring them to uh how much how important is that uh, just uh, to to the student athletes as a whole and and then do you see does it resonate with the the people that you're helping do you see a kind of a reaction to this
4: yeah I mean I think these projects not only bring us closer with the communities we're helping and as Nima talked about like community is a pretty broad term right now Right. Um, But it's amazing that like you have your Williamstown community you have your Berkshire community, we have the Northeast, essentially just your communities where everyone's from. Um, But it also brings you closer with your team um, and creates the shared experience of really helping others and also just the feeling you get when you make that impact. I don't think there's really anything better. And I've been extremely impressed like Nima said with everyone's leadership during this like to Olivia, Kelsey, Chris, all of the point people on this like have been doing such a phenomenal job. Um, and I think it's important as Williams students to recognize the positions that we've been put in and that we do have this opportunity and privilege to make these, this great impact. And I think it's kind of our duty to do that. And our thoughts with SAC have been to not just keep this limited to student athletes. 32 for 32 focuses on teams, but a lot of the projects we've done have been open to just students and student athletes alike, like the Turkey Trot. Nima did a phenomenal job setting that up, and that was just open to all Williams students and affiliated people. My dad ran that with me; we had a blast. <laughs> I
0: yeah. remember talking about that and and hearing how it, it went really well. Nima, you must have been thrilled with the participation.
3: May, amazing participation from the from Williams community and the alum; it was amazing. We're gonna do it again next year. It's gonna be that's awesome.
0: Fantastic, yeah! And if you got to run it with your dad, that's great. Oh, it
3: was so
4: fun. He was so excited. He thought it was a competition at first. And he was like, is everyone like running it with like a parent? Like, are we going to win something? (laughs) (laughs) So he was, he was pretty pumped. And even though it wasn't um, a race to the finish, we just, it was amazing for us to bond with each other. Um, But also like Special Olympics, we were talking about um, our goal with furthering that is to have both student athlete and non-student athlete participation within that, because helping other people in these circumstances isn't just limited to what student athletes can do it's limited it's what our entire williamstown community can do and what we as williams students can do um so that's something i'm really excited to like once we get the young athletes program like really rolling next year um when covid restrictions loosen like that is fully open to everyone all of our programming with that is just completely open for everyone to volunteer with
0: that's really exciting to hear all right. Well, I think that's it. I think that's uh, all the time we have. And uh, Does anyone want to say a final word? I want to thank uh, thank you guys for joining me, but I'll, I'll leave it open if anyone has a final word. Neiman, do you want to say one final thing?
3: Just thank you to Olivia, Chris, Zara and Kelsey. And thank you to all the leaders who continue to grow the community and contribute to the community. Yeah. And thanks for having us, Chris.
0: Hey, no, you're very welcome. And thank you for coming on, you guys. Uh... It's really been a treat to, to learn about this program and to, to let the community know, uh, what we're involved in here. Uh, so you have been listening to Eve talk, the podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dufour. I want to thank, uh, Azaria Vargas, Nima Zarabian, Kelsey Howe, Olivia Gomez and Chris Avila, uh, for joining me on the program Avila. I think I said it wrong.
2: Uh, And um, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening.